Good morning, you're listening to the Fresh Egg Digital Breakfast with your hosts Tom Brennan, Ryan Ogilvie and Mark Longhurst. In today's podcast, we're talking about social media platform usage and how brands can be using these more effectively to engage with their audiences. We'll be talking about some of the advanced features of these platforms and how you can get creative with free tools that are easily accessible to better engage with your audiences. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. It's another episode of the Fresh Egg Digital Breakfast, episode 11, uh, to be more accurate. And today, it's myself, Tom Brennan, and Mark Longhurst in the studio uh, to deliver this exciting episode to you. Uh, How are you doing, Mark? Very good, Tom. Very good. Feeling very lonely without Ryan. It is a little bit weird without Ryan, isn't it? quiet. It's a lot quieter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For those of you that may be interested in where the hell Ryan is. Uh, last week, Ryan revealed that he was, and I quote, gearing up for a week off. Um, his week off was to decorate his flat. Yes. And I can confirm that he has decorated his flat. He he did wander into the office earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Wednesday that he came in um, to pick up a package that had been delivered. Um, and he did have some rather paint-streaked shorts. Um, he's done his lounge in eggshell blue, apparently. Um, <laughs> I got that just from looking at one streak on his shorts. I said, that's eggshell blue, isn't it? He goes, yeah, yeah, it is. So, it's a gift, it's a gift. It's a gift, mate, honestly. Uh, I spend far too much time at local DIY stores. <laughs> Apparently, because to have that level of knowledge about paint colours, um, impressive. Apparently, impressive. Quite impressive. But I think most of our listeners would probably say that's quite sad. <laughs> anyway, so that's where Ryan is. Um, I think he's probably spending quite a lot of his time uh, playing video games. Yeah. Although I did ask him if he was uh, if he's been drawn into the wonder, the phenomenon. The cultural wow that is Pokemon Go, um, and he said no. He Not said yet. no. Well, I mean, he's he's waiting for the official UK release of it. Um, so, for those of you again who may not have heard, uh, one, where have you been? Uh, and and two, you need to get on this um, because Pokemon Go is a new app that has been released um, in the US only at the moment. However, there have been some workarounds uh, where people in the UK uh, and from other countries have been able to download and start using this app. Um, It's an augmented reality kind of game that allows you to to walk around the real world uh, and capture Pokemon. I'm one of them. (laughs) Mark, I think you're one of them too. definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, I, I was initially reluctant to, to jump on the proverbial bandwagon, but I got suckered in. I got suckered in um, because two of my best friends downloaded it and said, you've got to play this game, it's awesome. I bowed to peer pressure, man. <laughs> it was easy. Like a dry twig being snapped. Um, yeah, I've, I've downloaded it and it is uh, phenomenal. It's, it's very, very intelligent use of uh, an old platform that used to be in existence, uh, an old game that used to be in existence that you used. Ingress. Ingress, that yes. was it. Yeah, so um, that was kind of like a, a social check-in. You could interact with various different... Yeah, sort of um, capture points. Yeah, locations on a map. Yeah, yeah you could do the, the, the whole capture thing. Um, and so they're using that database and, and, and that system uh, to, to to power this this app, um, and it's genius. It's re- it's really addictive. It's very simple. It's really simple, but also not simple as well. Yeah, like, it's yeah, 
and it, for for first time release, despite the servers going down quite a lot, yeah, um, it, it it it's still a fantastic little app. So um, yeah, if you're if you're not on it, I, I suggest you get on it and have a have a look at it. Do you know what? I've already seen brands taking advantage of this oh, as well. It has to be done. Has you know, done. we're talking real-life physical locations are featured in this game. There are places that are known as Pokestops, and there are places that are known as gyms, Pokemon gyms within the game. Um, there's a little sweet shop retailer that's like a South Coast chain, and they are outside of our office down here in Worthing, and they are a Pokestop, and I don't think that they know. I don't, think, I they don't know. think that they know about it, whereas there are some businesses that are saying, hey, look, you know, we're a Pokestop, come in, buy X, Y, and Z, and you can get this Pokemon, or we'll give you this, that, and the other to do with Pokemon Go, or they're just advertising outside that we're a Pokemon Go Pokestop. I've seen the opposite. I've seen people saying this store's for paying customers only, not Pokemon Go players. Wow. So some people are negatively reacting to the fact that they're a Pokestop, which is just... There's an opportunity there, and they're wasting it. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's been a week since this has launched, Love right? Love it. It's been a week, and <laughs> it's, it's already a, a global phenomenon. Having it, that, That's mental to me. That is absolutely mental. It's only been released in one country. Well, Australia, I think, as well, New Zealand. Oh, right. Okay, so, so America, Australia, I don't, Japan, I don't even think Japan yet. Wow. Man alive. So it's already got more... Daily users than Twitter. What? Already. And Tinder, I believe, as well. More daily users yeah, than in a week. Twitter. And not even worldwide yet. <sighs> that's that's insane. Well, there we go. Um, so that's Pokemon Go. Yes. Um, that's, that's one of the things that we've <laughs> both been excited about this week. Um, the other thing that we've been excited about is uh, Wimbledon. Wimbledon happened. Oh, yes. Wimbledon happened. And he's only gone and done it again. We have a British champion. We do. Good old Andy Murray. What a ledge. <laughs> well done, sir. Um, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's twice in, what, four, four three. years? Three, three years. Well, I could be three or four years. Wrong. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it, it's unheard of, because before that, it was like 70. 100 million years <laughs> yeah. prior that we had a British Wimbledon champion. So, uh, yeah, really proud. Well done to our man, Andy. He's, uh, he's done a good job. Um, yeah, and there was also the Grand Prix as well. What a time to be British. Well, I, I say that. It's slightly cynical to say what a time to be British with all that's going on with Brexit and our weird government. Um, but yeah, Lewis Hamilton. Great news again. He won the Grand Prix. Yep. Awesome. What a dude. What a ledge. <laughs> Annie Murray and Lewis Hamilton representing. Um, and there was also, obviously, the, the finale of uh, Euro 2016. Yes. Which I saw only glimpses of. Did you? Oh, yeah. I did watch I, I admit that I'm one of these very fickle people that will get really hyped about a tournament because my home team is in it. And then when my home team crashes out of it, I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Can't uh, be bothered. I kept watching it. You it did. Yeah, you stuck it with good. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was supporting the French. Uh-huh. You know, just because just they played better football throughout the tournament. They did. I was a little bit disappointed when Portugal won. But in all honesty, they kind of deserved it. They just defended to the last man. It was quite impressive. And there was just the classic moment where talisman, Cristiano Ronaldo, was injured. He kept getting taken off the pitch. He came back onto the pitch, was limping around, got stretched off the pitch. And there was a romantic moment when a moth landed on his eye as he was crying in the middle of the pitch. Uh, I've seen pictures of said moth. It was incredible. 
this is the thing is that I kept flicking in and out. Like I, I'm a again, I'm a I'm a channel surfer. I hop uh, when I'm watching TV. There's so many things that I can watch. I've got Netflix. I've got Amazon Prime. I've got all of these different now TV. I've got all of it. I just bump between things. I can't stay still. Um, metaphorically speaking. When I'm watching TV, I have to flick between things. Um, and so I think I was watching a film, can't remember what one, uh, something good because my taste in movies is awesome. Um, it is. Don't you roll your eyes at me, Longhurst. <laughs> I've got a great taste in films. Um, anyway, so I'm watching this film, I'm flicking back and forth, and I noticed something that was kind of really weirding me out. I thought that there were moths on my TV. Or yes. insects on my TV like I, I, I kept flicking to it and, and going up to my TV and seeing if they were actually on my TV um, and then I realised that actually there was a an invasion a swarm a swarm of <laughs> these nighttime creatures at the European Championship final yes and I was like why is this happening what is going on this is a major sporting event can they not get their shit together and you know like sort it out and I think this next day I came in and everyone was talking about it and you said to me you said it was a problem because all these moths were attracted to the stadium because why? they'd left the lights on overnight (laughs) that's it (laughs) Oh, Jesus, simple as that. Oh, I can just imagine the caretaker locking up. Can you turn the lights off, please, Phil? Yeah, it's all right, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then he's just forgotten. That's, not, that's not a very good French accent. I, I know, everyone's northern when I do <laughs> when I do accents. Uh, yeah, I was just going for the generic kind of northern oh, okay. caretaker. Right, yeah. yeah. I could try and do the French no, caretaker. I don't think you should. <laughs> Philippe, uh, could you turn the lights off uh, when you leave the building? <laughs> no problem, Jacques, I shall do that. Your mother was a food draft whopper. <laughs> Just sending it. It's Monty basically Monty Python. Yeah, basically. That's that's what I do. Nonetheless, there was a fantastic moment where as he was sitting there, you know, sobbing, this moth just gently landed on his eye and then flew off. What a moment. What a time. It was a good moment. Mm. And I believe the moth within about 30 seconds had its own Twitter account. I saw. I saw <laughs> there were lots of Twitter there accounts many, for the moth. Yes, yes. Only wow. one really took off. Just, I think Gary Lineker or someone like that was like, "This is hilarious." Ah, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Just that brand ambassador. Absolutely. That's all that's needed. Just one of them. Um, which segues quite nicely into the main theme of the podcast today, which is social media. Um, now we've previously done a, a podcast. I say we. I wasn't here on the week where we did the social media podcast, um, but. Mark, Ryan and Lana, who's uh, one of our inbound marketing managers here at Fresh Egg, uh, did a podcast explaining social media best practice, giving some hints, some tips, some advice. Uh, And so we're using episode 11 to build upon that and and go into some of the more advanced features, but also to talk about how you can better engage with your audiences on social media. Um, Recently, I've, uh, I've conducted a couple of social media audits for B2B clients. Um, And I've been really intrigued to see the differences between B2C and B2B type accounts now, and also the difference between personal accounts and business accounts. Um, And a lot of what I've seen shows that there are not that many brands out there that can do social media very well, or that understand 
how to best use it to engage with the people that they're, they're looking to engage with. Um, so an example of this is uh, there, there are some B2B companies that will just write tweets or LinkedIn posts and it will just be text and that's it. And they, they wonder why they're not getting the engagement that they feel that they deserve. Um, it could be the best bit of text that anyone's ever written, but it's not going to get the same sort of engagement that different media formats are going to get. An example of this is that uh, competitors of this particular client that I was looking at um, were including really nice, simple imagery in place of text so they may have some stats some figures on what they're doing and rather than writing oh you know we see 88% of our users like to uh, you know in engage with us by doing this or visit this page or do this in, in this sector they could have something really interesting to say rather than writing it as text they create uh, a simple image that has that text in it drilling down to the key point 88% of users do X bang and then they've got their brand name at the bottom of that image as well and that generates like 10 times more engagement than just text-based posts and it was it was consistent it was it was every single post I looked at consistent levels of engagement and they were getting engaged with all the time that they were posting it and anytime that either this client or their competitors posted text-based uh, messages no engagement or far fewer um, levels of engagement. So um, that for me is one of the crucial things that we want to talk about today that you and I, Mark, we've discussed prior to this, um, it is that if you're a brand out there, if you're, you know, whether you're established or whether you're uh, new uh, in, into the industry, whether you're a startup, an entrepreneur, the key thing is making sure that you're using rich media and you're using all of these uh, tools and features of social media platforms that are available to you you know it's it, it's that simple um one of the other ones that i like at the moment is facebook live yes i mean you you are our facebook guy aren't you i mean i believe so you're you're all over this I so love facebook. what what facebook live videos have you have you seen what 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 do you think works what don't you think works I think it's mostly around sort of giving people that behind the scenes knowledge. I mean, yes, you can you can show, you know, here's a big event that's going on, but some people are going to be watching that on TV, they're going to be watching that on Netflix, or, you know, all the various different channels. Mm -hmm. I think giving people an alternative look at whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, um, is a really interesting way of sort of hooking people in. Okay. Um, and it's not the only thing you should be doing, but... I think it opens doors. So, you know, say you're a manufacturing company and you make lamps. It's not exactly the most exciting thing ever to talk about. Mm -hmm. It's quite a dry subject. Yep. But you could have a Facebook live stream of it being put together or you could just use Facebook and put videos on there and put them up of a time lapse of it being put together. I think it just opens so many more doors to make what you do more interesting. Yep. Um, that could be a rubbish example. You could be doing something service-based, which is, you know on the computer helping someone out or providing some sort of education or some sort of value and that's a, that's a hard one but then you could use Facebook Live as an interview you know and teach people one on one or not teach people one on one but one to many you know what, what you do how it can help them give them some hints and tips you know and then you're delivering value to them or entertainment or depending on whatever it is and then they're going to come buy your product or investigate who you are it's, it's brand awareness but it's also pushing out value to these people 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. I think one of the things that I've seen uh, a couple of, not, they're not necessarily brands, but um, a couple of influencers, as we would call them, um, have been using video formats on social media to really great effect. So uh, one of these examples is uh, Brian Cranston, the actor uh, who played Walter White in Breaking Bad. He was also the dad in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, and he has just released a film called The Infiltrator. Um, and he, he said, well... Look, on Twitter, I'm going to be doing a question and answer session. So you tweet your question and I will do a selfie video answering questions and then post it immediately onto Twitter. So it's immediate question and answer where he answers a text-based question with a video format. And people just had to use the hashtag AskTheInfiltrator. And it was amazing. It was really good. He was he was very very uh, entertaining in how he answered these questions. Uh, and there were a wide range of questions. You know, some people would tweet him, "What do you prefer, cats or dogs?" And his answer to that was, "Well, I like dogs, um, and was never really much of a cat lover. But then um, I tasted cat again, and now, yeah, my, I, I, you know, I, I can see how people would like." cats as well as dogs you know that was quite a a risky thing to do but he he did it and it was it was funny it was entertaining um i think the other night one of my one of the bands that i follow called dinosaur pile up they did a uh, facebook live video of their sound check um they're, they're just now going on a uk tour with a band called basement um and dinosaur pile up the drummer had the, the, the iPhone in his hands or whatever phone he was using, and he was just filming the rest of the band doing their sound check. And people were commenting in, you know, doing the whole like, love, you know, emoji um, reactions to, to this video. They were asking questions, uh, they were interacting with the band. The band, who could see these comments coming up on the feed, were interacting back during the video. So, for example, when the drummer started playing, someone put in uh, more cowbell. Uh, you know, after that great Saturday Night Live sketch with Christopher Walken, where he's like more cowbell, um, and uh, and the guys in the band said, "Oh look, yeah, no, more more cowbell," and they all started laughing, and that to me is how brands can engage with their audiences. Right? Yes. Um, you you may not be doing something as spectacular or as appealing as a band soundcheck but hey guess what you could be running an event where you have a band there or you have a big name person there and you can do a facebook live interview with them or do a ask this celebrity questions you know use twitter as that sounding board or use facebook just to do a facebook live fat boy slim did a, a facebook live um dj set for like an hour and a half in a house in brighton because that's where he's based this thing was for, I believe, it, it may have been a charitable cause, but it got so many people viewing it and aware of what he was doing with this other company, right? That, that's, that, for me, is the whole new way of getting your event out there without having to have people at your event. Definitely. It's, it, the world is kind of flipping on its head. You know, we, we used to have to sell tickets to stuff and people used to have to travel from near and far to get to these events. Whereas now it's as instant as press record on your phone and it's on Facebook, it's live, it's there for the world to tune into. 
It's brilliant. And that, for me, is what brands should be doing more of, is those live videos. They should be creating more video content. One of the statistics I've heard recently is that um, over 80% of video plays um, are without sound. So on Facebook, these video plays are, are, are being played without sound. The reason being is that most people likely are scrolling on a phone and videos automatically are muted if you're on a mobile device. It's only when you click the video that those videos will play the sound. Um, so I think that's important. I think it's important to understand these sort of user habits. I mean, you probably do it yourself. Yeah. You're scrolling through. And also it's important to realise that people aren't probably turning their phones horizontally. They're just keeping them vertically as they scroll through the newsfeed. Uh-huh. So right. it has to fit that square format uh-huh. or that vertical format. Mm. And it has to be able to deliver the message or the story or whatever you're trying to say without audio. Which is why these sort of big subscriptions and these big sort of transcripts keep appearing in all these videos now. Right. And that's that's the key, really, Definitely. isn't it? It's that it's it's the hybrid for me of text-based images where you've got those stats, those those real short, sharp this is the fact that we're telling you it's in this image, replicated into a video format. So there are short form content pieces that are very effective in video format. Um, I've seen a few around the topic of the EU referendum. They were great because I, I, I like to look at Facebook on my phone. It's the main place that I do it. I very rarely check Facebook on, on a laptop or desktop device. I'm just there on my phone. And it's nice to be able to consume a video without having to listen to the video. Um, I want to have that option of whether I need to listen to it or not. So, you know, video content is obviously important, but there are other things that you can be doing on social media. You know, you, you were talking earlier about um, some Twitter um, polls that you've been running for, for Fresh Egg, right? Yes, yeah, so I was just sort of testing you know, asking people questions, having three options, what's more difficult, what do you enjoy the most, it's different things like that, and just testing, you know, how people answer, what I'm interested in, what people's answers are, and it's just another way to engage with your audience. Now, you could be a car brand, and you could ask your, you know, you could be Ford, and you ask all hundreds of thousands of your followers, you know, do you prefer diesel or petrol? Something simple like that, and then loads of people would argue about it and get involved and be like, oh, it's obviously diesel. I mean, I don't know differences really between both, not being a driver. <laughs> but, you know, and that could then give you information to write content about, but mm. it's also engaged an audience in a slightly different way. Yeah, and that's, right. that's native to Twitter. People aren't clicking somewhere, got to fill out a whole form, you know, and then answer the question. Mm-hmm. It's built into Twitter. There's no friction. Right. It makes it easy to, to the user, and it's providing value to you. Yeah. Because then you can take that data and repurpose it, right? Definitely. So create content on your site that says, you know, 90% of people that we surveyed, and it is a survey, right? Yeah, essentially. Uh, You know, 90% of people that we surveyed in a poll said that they prefer petrol cars to diesel. Um, Here are some facts about petrol, you know. Or you could, you know, give that data to a fuel company or you know there are a whole bunch of things that you could do Absolutely. from there just from a car company asking one question about petrol or diesel yep. now imagine if brands took the time or these marketing managers took the time to just sit down for 10 minutes and go right what can i ask the followers of my brand on twitter um you know what are they interested in 
what am I interested in understanding from them? Um, you know, you might not garner thousands of responses, but, you know, at least try these things. And I think that's what bugs me most is that a lot of these brands just don't try yes. new things. Yes. And I don't know whether it's fear. I don't know whether it's that they don't know how. I don't know whether it's because they are afraid that they will be seen as not getting many responses. But I think that fear has got to be eclipsed by the value that it brings to you as a brand and the engagement that you're going to drive with your audience. Um, you've got to build your brand somewhere and yeah. social media is so powerful for doing it these days, right? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's just it's just a case of like, well, it doesn't work, but you've made learnings from that. You know, what questions people interacted with, what questions they didn't interact with. You can take that learnings to say, well, I mean, Facebook has a poll option. It's not used as much as Twitter. It's a little bit harder to, to, to use. But say suddenly everyone starts using polls on, on Facebook, well, you've just tried it for a month on Twitter. You can take all those learnings and put it onto Facebook and uh -huh. it suddenly becomes popular. Yeah. I don't think any, it's ever wasted. Yeah. It's always going to have some value in some, in some way. Yeah, precisely. I mean, I've, um, I've run Twitter polls from my own personal account. Um, and it was around the time that uh, Captain America, Civil War, Deadpool were being talked about they they'd already been released um and there was talk about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 which is still an upcoming film um and and I was messing around with Spotify playlists I was messing around with looking at music I'd created a a, a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh soundtrack um, playlist of tunes that I believe are going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 um and I put out a, a Twitter poll um, that, that was basically playing on characters from the Marvel Universe um, that have already been established. And I just asked people, who do they think has the best taste in music in the Marvel Universe? Because I know that um, Iron Man's got a kick-ass soundtrack. Deadpool's got a kick-ass soundtrack. Guardians of the Galaxy got a kick-ass sound soundtrack. So I said, who's got the better taste in music? Iron Man, Deadpool, or um, Star-Lord? And it got people talking because I used hashtag Marvel. I at tagged um, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pratt, and Ryan Reynolds, and people people saw that and they were like, "Oh, I'll I'll do that poll because it takes a second to click a button and vote." Yep. And then they could see what other people had said, and it, and it's just tapping into what I know people are interested in, right? Yes. And that's the key: is that you may have a brand that has nothing to do with with marvel or anything like that but you can still show a bit of personality you may have brand guidelines that prevent you from doing some things but there are creative ways of just getting amongst your audience your audience aren't just interested in your industry right Absolutely. they have other interests they are human beings and this is my problem at the moment my little gripe <laughs> uh, about marketing at large is that there are very few brands that will push the boundary of, well, where does our industry stop and our audience interests begin? Um, you know, where's the overlap? How, how can we be clever about 
bridging the gap between what we do in our industry and what our users do outside of our industry. When they're not interacting with us, where are they? What are they interested in? What do they do? That's why it's so important to use your social media platforms as a different style of voice. I mean, you can have brand brand tone of voice guidelines. You know, these things do come into play. I understand that. But social media is a different beast and different social platforms have different nuances and you can have different types of voice tone in there. LinkedIn, obviously, don't go asking which Marvel superhero do you like best because it's not the platform yeah, for posting it. cat GIFs. Yeah, God almighty. Right. I have seen a couple of people on LinkedIn, brands <laughs> posting cat GIFs and that the backlash is real on LinkedIn because people are like, this isn't for here. They'll outright tell people this is not for here. This is for Facebook. This is for Twitter. So use LinkedIn as a as a more professional, you know, this is our brand, this is who we are, this is our tone but of voice. But that's why people are on LinkedIn. They're, exactly. They're there for that. They are there for that business professional reason. Absolutely. Right. Whereas on Twitter, they're there to... Read the news. Read the news. Be entertained. Exactly. Too right. And yes. they're on Facebook to connect with their friends and family and see what recommendations they're making. Not necessarily from a product point of view, but what are the things that they're talking about? What are their opinions you know, uh, there, there there are so many ways of doing things, and um, you know, Buzz Sumo um, recently released a, a post on Facebook Video and what content works well. And top of the list, guess who was there? Buzzfeed, and their tasty videos. Now, everyone, everyone, I'm pretty <laughs> sure has seen at least one of these tasty videos, yeah. and everyone who has seen one of these videos, I'm pretty much sticking my neck out here and going to guarantee has gone. That looks awesome. I'm going to make that when I get home. And then don't do it. I'm one of them, right? Yeah, I'm also one of them. But they're, they're <laughs> really simple videos, I'm right? Already. I'm hungry already. I'm, I'm thinking about ones that I've yeah. seen and I'm like, oh man. Man, there was one that was like these um, churro bowls. So, you know, those yeah. dough things that are covered in sugar. They're basically like a donut, but not. Spanish, I believe. Spanish, yeah, yeah right? And just a bowl made out of churro. And you can put ice cream <laughs> in it. And I, oh man, I'm already going. I want one. I want one. People have just had their breakfast. I mean, pe- now they're hungry again. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for doing that to you. Let, let, let's do brunch. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the churros, you get the ice cream. Um, but those types of videos are really simple. We say simple, they're high production value, yeah. but they're quick. They're like between 30 seconds and a minute and a half at most. And they get loads of interaction, they get loads of views. And, yeah, it's just a genius way of doing things. If, you, if you're a marketing manager and you've not seen these, go and hunt them out now. Go and find the BuzzFeed Tasty videos. Go and have a look. They're a great example of just one of the video formats that works and has been researched by BuzzSumo. Go and check out their blog post on it. Um, also mentioned is uh, Moz and Whiteboard Friday. Rand has basically built something that every Friday he will come out with a Whiteboard Friday video where he gives advice and, and knows what people are, are looking to him for. It's advice about SEO, it's advice about marketing, and he'll give that to people in a really visually good format. Very easy to understand. He pitches it exactly right. And Rand, thank you very much for them because you've taught me a lot from watching those Whiteboard Friday videos. You know, not only when I first joined the industry, but even today, I'm still learning stuff. Um, so that can be another great way. If, if, if you're a brand that is B2B, um, 
a lot of your clients might be wondering, well, what does this service, what does this product do that will fit in line with my business? You know, I, I know of um, some companies that uh, they're, they're, they're quite major and they have a lot of different industries that they serve. And a lot of the questions they get asked about their products are, well, how does this product work in my particular industry and business example? How do I fit your product in with what I do and who my customers are? It could be a, a, a CRM system, right? The CRM could fit a multitude of different industries and a lot of their customer teams get asked the same question. So why not create a video that's specific to an industry and, and release it weekly? Go, this is how our CRM fits in for the automotive industry. This is how our CRM fits in with the fashion industry. Here's how our CRM fits in with the stationary supplies industry. <laughs> it, yeah, it, do you see what I mean? Yeah, it's like a Q&A, but, right. but you're, much more. Right, but you're just doing the A based upon knowing the Qs that people have historically asked. Go and talk to your customer services team. We've said it before, Ryan bangs on about it all the time, the yes. benefits of talking to the people that are on the ground floor, talking to the people that have these questions, because it will save them time. It means that they can get on with stuff that, that they want to be doing or, or things that are going to bring in more money to the company. Um, yeah, so that's just one of the ways that you can be using social media. Um, LinkedIn, I think we've only touched upon it briefly, but really the, the, the strongest case of a bit of advice that I can give is that it's a professional network, right? Doesn't mean you can't be entertaining. It just, no, it just means you have to, it has to be appropriate to that mindset and that audience that are on there. Yeah. So you could do a guide to something but it doesn't need to be dry and really boring and use loads of big words it can be very simple and it could have some light humor mixed in mm -hmm. but people's mindset is the most important thing on there and that is quite professional i think that that reminds me of something that i wanted to mention anyway is that there there are tools out there that i know a lot of brands use to um to push out their social media messaging to multiple platforms it, scheduling tools like uh, Hootsuite might be one of them, but that's yeah. isn't that more Twitter based or is that? No, no, it does all of them. Now. So it does yeah. does all of them. There, there are buffer buffer right. So there are these programs, these platforms that allow you to push a single message out to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever it is that you've set them up, right? And that I think is it, it's an efficiency, but you've got to be careful yes. that your tone of that messaging fits with the platform that you're going for. I banged on earlier about pushing the boundaries with your brand and, and the tone of voice on these platforms, but I do reiterate that you just need to make sure that that message fits with that particular platform. So a really good example, we are going on and on about Facebook video, is I've seen a lot of Facebook video that's been repurposed from YouTube. Right. So what they've done is they've just got the same video, uploaded it to Facebook, and it's done probably quite well. But at the end, the CTAs are all subscribed to us down below or subscribed to us pointing at a button. That yeah. button doesn't exist because mm. it would on YouTube as an annotation or a card, and it would be pointing at the description, doesn't work on Facebook. So, I mean, it's worked, it's done a video, but these little nuances between the channels, it wouldn't have taken them long to quickly just change that last scene yeah. to do it. I mean, it's just a perfect example of just understanding your platform Mm -hmm. and there's tons of things and, and planning for when you are creating these these rich media formats particularly video if you've got someone presenting and pointing and saying you know click here 
that it's going to work across different platforms. And if you've got to re-record different takes, do it. It's not hard, honestly. Video editing takes very little time once you know what you're doing, right? You and I both do video editing. And yeah, it can take a little while if, when you're learning stuff. But honestly, it takes five seconds to re-record a, a, a take. And it takes five seconds to then drop in a new take at the end of a, a video and then publish it and then redo, publish it for a different platform, redo, publish it for a platform, Twitter and Facebook and Definitely. LinkedIn. Just repurposing it. Exactly. But yeah, making sure that you've planned for that repurposing. Yeah. Now we're not saying don't use these scheduling tools because they're fantastic yeah, to absolutely. do it. It's just to understand the differences between each channel and don't post the same thing out. Hashtags on Twitter, hashtags on Facebook, they're a whole different beast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that really is is just what we wanted to talk about today was was how to be using your social media accounts that little bit more intuitively, that little bit more creatively to engage with your audience. And the underlying rule for me is that remember that your audience are human beings. They are like you. They don't just live for work. Well, the majority of them won't just live for work. They have hobbies and interests and things that are outside of your sphere of what you concentrate on for your role, right? So get creative. Have a brainstorming session. Go and take a walk and have a think about how can we better use our social media platforms because I guarantee you that the minute that you start pushing the boundaries a little bit, you will get learnings. Whether it's a positive reaction or a negative reaction in that you didn't get engagement, you're still going to learn something from it, right? Yes. The worst thing that you can do is stay doing exactly what you're doing and expect things to change. Nothing has ever changed if you haven't been the one to implement the change, right? If you if you do the same thing, nothing changes. Yeah. So be bold, go and do something new, research these things, look at, look at yourself, look at what you're interested in, what engages you on social media. And that's a pretty good starting point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So ask your friends, ask your family, ask customers, ask other staff at your business. Yeah. Simple. Simple. Definitely. Now, we've just really focused on here the, the big ones, you know, the Facebook, the Twitter and the LinkedIn. There are loads more that we haven't even touched upon. Right. Instagram, Snapchat, Periscope, Musical.ly. There's up and coming ones that we haven't even considered mm -hmm. the different nuances of mm -hmm. those platforms, the different things you can do on those platforms. Yeah. Now, in a future episode, we need to go through all of those yeah. and explain how you can use them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you want to hear more about these social media platforms um, or you've got any questions um, that we can help you to answer... Um, please do send us an email, podcast at freshegg.com. Um, that will go straight through to myself, Mark, and Ryan, um, and we'll be able to personally respond to you. Um, we, we do get, you know, we, we're expecting quite a lot of people to be emailing us in the future, so we, if we don't get around to answering you, uh, please accept our apologies, but we'll answer as many of these questions as we can. Um, and, yeah, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, uh, we are... Uh, Fresh Egg, at Fresh Egg. Um, so, yeah, interact with us there as well. We'll be checking that uh, on a fairly frequent basis. Um, which leads me, actually, having spoken about emails and emailing in last week, I, I offered £5 worth of chocolate uh, to the first person to email in to podcast at freshegg.com. And 
I've got to announce the winner. Ooh. The winner is no one. <laughs> no one has emailed in yet. And I think that it's because I've listened back to it. I didn't really mention the email address. So I think people may not have understood where to email into. So I'm going to keep this competition open. It is still Excellent. wide open for anyone to win. I'm going to do this like a lottery now. There's a jackpot okay. rollover. Oh, no. It's now £10 worth of chocolate. <laughs> £10 worth of chocolate. Um, so email me at podcast at fresheg.com. And the first person to have emailed me will win £10 worth of chocolate. You can tell me what your favourite chocolate bars are and I will make sure that they are within the package that I supply as long as they are native to the UK and I can get my hands on them, then yes, I'll put those in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's still wide open. So don't fear that you're going to be too late to the party. Get emailing. You know, it's it's open to everyone except Fresh Egg employees and their immediate friends, relatives, family, all of that jazz. So, yeah, there it is. Those are the only terms and conditions of my competition. Get emailing. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Mark, thank you very much for your insights and wisdom. It's been awesome. Oh, always a pleasure, mate. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, too. Um, and, yeah, we will catch all of you next week for episode 12. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>